The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about all the crazy shift going on in the world of HR, recruitment, and business. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Keith Compagna. It's been another crazy, busy week filled with, as we say, a lot of shift. Uh, we'll be talking about the Garden State Sherm Conference, from which I just returned. We were talking a little bit about that uh, before we got on the air. Um, got a couple conferences coming up. Got the launch of the new online recruitment course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. Just had another interview with that with a video marketing specialist this morning. And uh, we're going to have our interview today with our guest, Rhonda Taylor, who just uh, launched a new book, Offside uh, Memoir. We're going to be talking about that. And, um, you know, uh, a whole bunch of other things. So, uh, Rhonda's going to be talking about it. interesting, just on coincidence. Can't talk coincidence. Um, going to be talking about some of the challenges faced by women in the workplace. Um, I, you know, the, this morning's news woke up to it. Uh, you know, new book about Matt Lauer. Um, you know, certainly a, a kind of a disheartening, um, you know, a kind of the wildest form of discrimination, sexual harassment, and you know, uh, accused rape. Um, so we're, we're, hopefully we'll kind of talk a few lighter things than that, uh, but we'll we'll go from there. Um, and then, you know, I came down and, and checked my emails out and, uh, you know, for the, you know, headline news, uh, 18th straight month that uh, job opening succeeded job seekers. So still a lot going on there, Keith. It's impressive. And there's, it, I mean... Do you get the sense that our little podcast has actually encapsulated this m- convergence of the fit hitting the shan, so to speak, right? <laughs> the, the, yeah. the shift hitting the plan. There's so much going on. And when we talk about the talent marketplace and we talk about the current condition, right, the present state mm-hmm. of HR. Yeah. And the impact technology has, and some technologies are more advanced, others are not. They're moving fast. There's all this crazy stuff going on, Ira. It's incredible to think that we're just getting started. Yeah, we've got uh, this is our uh, 38th show, I think. Maybe this is the 39th show for this year. Um, you know, and, you know, we had um, a bunch of episodes last year. Um, October, yeah. you know, we're basically last week celebrated our one year anniversary on W4CY. And that's been going great. And but, yeah, it's every day something. Again, we just keep saying it. And, and you know, the subtitle of the book and the original title of the book, but it ended up being the subtitle was when the shift hits your plan. Yep. And every day that seems to happen. Uh, I was just out at the uh, I was just in Atlantic City at the Garden State Conference. And uh, it, it went great. It was, it was fun. Uh, they had a couple hundred people there, did micro recruiting in the age of Googleization. Still shocks me. Um, 
had about 100 and I don't know, maybe 125 people in the room uh, ask the question, how many people know what Google for Jobs is? And about four hands went up. Yep. Uh, here we are two years later, still struggling with that. But on a, on a, a really, really good note, um, and you introduced me to him, and I think you met him, uh, was Dr. Uh, Rich uh, uh, yeah, Pimentel. Pimentel, Pimentel yeah. yeah. Um, he was the keynote yesterday. Unfortunately, we, we had to leave to, to do a couple things. Uh, so I didn't, get, but uh, we met for breakfast about an hour and a half. Oh. He is a fun, I mean, amazing guy. I mean, in addition to just kind of collecting our story, reviewing, you know, what was going on. He, um, you know, just and and for anyone who listens, uh, we'll put this in in the in this week's podcast as well. Um, he was uh, our guest on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving last year. It was a great topic because his focus for years has been about uh, the disabled, uh, making it. You know, uh, he helped write the ADA laws. Yep. Uh, uh, and he shared me with me yesterday. Uh, he's worked with every president since Carter, but one. I won't give you. I won't tell you who the one is, but you can guess. <laughs> um, and he, in addition to that, um, he basically uh, uh, Clarence Thomas. You know who who went before he was the head of. Uh, I don't know if he was the head of it, but he was instrumental. He was involved with the EEO, uh, employment equal opportunity, uh, employment opportunity, in the U.S. And Rich's program was. Uh, he had gotten a call from Clarence Thomas knows him. I mean, he knows all these people personally. He gets calls yeah. from them all the time about, um, you know, improving, you know, working with disabled veterans, reducing discrimination uh, in the workplace. And Clarence Thomas took his program that he built uh, and distributed it throughout the um, EEOC. Uh, amazing guy. And to hear him talk, he has the enthusiasm and the energy of somebody who's who who isn't a I, I mean he's got to be in his mid seventies right early seventies yeah early seventies yeah he not only that three weeks ago he had stents put in his heart he was supposed to go for open heart by open surgery open uh, heart surgery and they decided to do stents instead and here he is right. And he's right. disabled. I mean, he's, he's you know, he can walk, but, you know, he's in his little jazzy most of the time to go longer distances. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's got all these he's got these ambitions. Um, and one of the things is I've been trying to get somebody on to talk about, um, you know, hiring uh, people who have been incarcerated. You know, yeah. I mean, our prison population is huge and there's a lot of people there that made a mistake and, and they're getting out. And, and um, you know, these aren't violent criminals. Uh, and um, he that's his next mission. That That's his passion. He says that's he, he's on. A, he is literally on a mission to get to, to change the regulations, to change the attitudes, to change the perceptions. Uh, and I know somebody in uh, that I met last year in, at the HR Southwest conference uh, that has a staffing agency devoted to getting people who have been incarcerated it. back to work. It. So I've been trying to get her on and I'm going to hook them up and we may do a panel. We may have them both on the show at the same time. Oh, so ton of stuff going on. So, and before we and and with that exact same idea, Rhonda is is cut from the same cloth from oh, yeah, Rich. Absolutely, but perfect Before timing. we yeah. before we get to Rhonda, I just wanted to you know bring you up to speed with some of the stuff that I've been dealing with. I know that you did the uh, the Sherm Jersey, uh, right? That's what it right. was. Yeah, yeah, Garden State, yeah, New Jersey. Garden State, right? 
I read the, you know, we did the podcast last week from, from HR Tech on Wednesday at, uh, what was it, 10 a.m. Vegas time. And since that yeah, moment, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the stuff that I was able to experience and the people, and, and I have to apologize to Rhonda before she knows it, but I totally missed her uh, out at HR Tech. Uh, but Ira, the, we, me and the CEO of the ROI shop, which is the group that I partnered with to right, develop yep. HROI, Ira, we walked around the entire floor. We were just absolutely knocking it out of the park. It was simply impressive. The notion of HR needing help to buy software so that they can then evolve towards a more, uh, let's call it a, you know, what, what Deloitte calls the social enterprise, mm-hmm. where they're focusing on engagement, employee, life work integration concepts. Before mm-hmm. any of that can happen, HR needs to buy software. And the unbelievable feedback and the now incredible amount of work that came out of HR Tech. If I told you nine out of 10 companies I spoke to last week are looking to move forward with something having to do with HROI. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. Yeah, the movement changing. You know, and as you're saying that, I'm sitting here looking at that book I picked up the other day. As I said, I, I went to the book at the book signing uh, after my presentation. There was another author there, Mark Miller, uh, and he wrote a book called The Death of HR. It's actually a novel. It's actually a cool book. It's a story. It, yep. Actually, it's a narrative and it's a story. But he talks about the death of HR. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's at a, a critical time in 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 history for HR. Uh, really at that tipping point, uh, they either get to get shift or get off the pot, you know, uh, for that. So before we we go too much further, I want to give another shout out to our new sponsor, uh, Zor.ai. Really appreciate them being here. You'll hear a little bit about them at the break. Uh, and of course, Success Performance Solutions is uh, continues to be our sponsor. Uh, we've got, you know, last week we launched Googleization Nation, uh, where you can get tips and uh, articles and interviews and some discounts to courses and any any news, you'll be the first to hear it. Uh, you can get that. Just go to geekskeezersgoogleization.com. I put up a button there and it just says join Googleization Nation. Uh, very simple. We just need a first name and an email address. And a whole bunch of other contests, and we'll try to announce them throughout the show if we can. Uh, we are live today. You can call us at 561-623-9429, uh, with any questions uh, for Keith or myself or Rhonda as, we'll, as soon as we bring her on. Uh, or you can go up to the w4cy.com app on your on your mobile devices or go to the website and chat with us uh tomorrow i'm interviewing jonathan duarte from go hire we're going to talk about the application and texting and in 2020 uh how that's changing radically and next week uh, i'm going to be talking to chris denny uh uh on 10 15. if you go up to my linkedin you'll get the notices uh for that so keith uh we've got rhonda Taylor. Yes. Um, so I guess to say that Rhonda loves hockey would be a gross understatement <laughs> uh, and, and probably a lie. <laughs> so, uh, <she's, laughs> it looks like she started playing. Um, I won't, I'll let her tell how many years ago. And, uh, and along the way, she organized the first of its kind um, tournament. It was the Women's National Hockey Tournament. And she later sat on the board as the first female for what is now Hockey Canada. And we know how crazed candidate is for hockey so that's quite an accomplishment 
A few years ago, she had a life-altering injury, but she learned, again, a ton more. We always learn life lessons, but she learned a lot of life and leadership lessons from that, which she thought were very transferable to the world of business. We're going to hear about that. So, Rhonda, welcome to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Yeah. So, this is a big... Go ahead. I was just going to say, just to back up, um, you were talking about uh, incarcerated co- uh, companies. There's a company that works with shrimp called Honest Jobs, and the two guys, Harley and Josh, are have both been incarcerated, and they are doing an excellent job in that field. So um, you might want to check out Honest Jobs. Yeah, if you can, if you can connect us or send me the info once we're off the show, that would be great because uh, we want to do a panel and and uh, get people on, and uh, I've already talked to Dr. Pimentel, and, he, and, uh, and he's ready to do it. So Before, uh, we, right. be, before we dive deep into to Rhonda here, I just want to share with the audience that I met Rhonda at an event maybe, I don't know, Rhonda, maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and my initial impression of Rhonda is that she knows everything. I think Rhonda is one of those secret wizards in the HR world where I, you know, she's so impressive, Ira. She's got such personality. We talk about Rich Pemental and, and his total energy, the way he captures you. Um, if you ever meet Rhonda once, you will, you will know her forever. Uh, and it's just simply fascinating to, to see you, Rhonda, now. I mean, this first and foremost the book was released last week right so maybe maybe if you don't mind me cutting in here ira like Rhonda, tell me what it's like to release a book one week later oh you know it it actually is beyond expectations um because everything is so relevant right now like you mentioned the latmer um uh, Lat- uh, we also have the soccer team uh, fighting for pay equity. We have gender inequality happening within teams. And, and my book, although it's a book about my hockey memoir, deep, deep down, I'm an HR person, and I put all my memories of, of, of playing a hockey and joining hockey um, and relate it to the women's movement and the challenges and the obstacles that I encountered. And it was very interesting, Keith, and I, that I worked with my great niece in writing this book. And she's 21, a 21 year, year old university student. And I said, Oh, and, and this happened to me. And she says, Oh my God, Andrew, like, that's not right. You know? <laughs> so things that we accepted 25, 30 years ago. Uh, the young people of today are, are just saying, I can't believe that that was the mentality. Well, we'll go back. Just the other day I found this, and, and uh, about 20 years ago, uh, I, I, I found this thing, and it was about the women, the guide to hiring women. It, oh and it was goodness. it was written in 1943. Oh, uh, my goodness. While, while we're on the show, I'm going to try to <laughs> pull that up. We'll look at that again. I did post it, by the way, on LinkedIn the other day again. Uh, and I had it published in, I can't remember which, which one of my books. But even going back to, and this, Rhonda, you'll relate to this, you know, 60s and 70s growing up, 
Um, and again, I know most of the U.S. history, so um, but I'm sure there were similar things in Canada at the time, because I know that's that's your native country. Um, you know, people forget that in the 19th, late 1960s, a woman could not get a credit card if she was unmarried and could not get a credit card even if she was married without her husband's permission. She couldn't get birth control without her husband's permission. Uh, they, the Ivy League schools, there were only two Ivy League schools that in the 60s were um, basically uh, that allowed women into their Ivy League schools. Um, as late as the night, I think 1979 was the last school that allowed women uh, to apply to, an, you know, that they accepted women into the program. So it's in our, you know, it, it's in Rhonda in my lifetime. Uh, it's not that long ago. I mean, it's sort of embarrassing to think that that's how it was. And yet there are so many, you know, as I said, even the Matt Lauer uh, news this morning, uh, not that it was new news, but, you know, just that the book was being released. Um, but you're right. I mean, you got the, there, there's still so much discrimination and it's still so difficult. Uh, we got a lot of room to grow. Be, before we start, I, I, we want to get into some of the lessons you learned, and this will probably come out there. But, you know, Rhonda, and we didn't have a chance to talk, and I don't know how much history you did on me, but, uh, you know, I, I switched from dentistry to business. I, I started this consulting company 20 years, 25 years ago. And but to this day, people say, wow, you were a dentist. How did you go from dentist to business? So I've got to ask this. I'm obligated to ask this question. How did you go from hockey to HR? <laughs> oh, well, it was it was pretty simple. I really didn't have a choice. I honest to God thought that my career was going to go up the ladder. Um, I was sitting at, at, a, at the national level with Hockey Canada. I thought the stepping stone would be to work in uh, sport administration with Sport Canada. Um, but when you're working with organizations, you're working with a lot of volunteers. And you answer to volunteer presidents at, um, and when you're dealing with sporting organizations. And I had a Me Too moment with one of my male presidents. Um, I was uh, organizing the Women's Nationals. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, back in 82, there was no PowerPoint. There was no fax. Uh, um, I flew into Ottawa, and uh, I had a lot of meetings, and the guy came over to my hotel room. I had my door wide open. I laid the volunteer flowchart out on one bed. I, I laid the financial spreadsheets out on another bed, and I was going over them. And during that presentation, he turned to me and said, Rhonda, if you came on to me right now, I would not turn you down. Wow. And this is a man that I really respected. It was a man that I thought as a brother. I knew his wife. I knew his kids. Um, I Honestly, I was so nervous. I burst out laughing um, <laughs> because it was such an awkward moment. And that laugh was my 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 seal of death in the in the sporting administration world um because i was naive i felt that i was somewhat to blame like you know maybe i was opened myself up to such a proposition by inviting him into my hotel room to show him the spreadsheets and everything and you know what guys i only came to terms with this during the Me Too movement, and I realized I did absolutely nothing wrong 
But this guy arranged for me to get the golden handshake. Yeah, well, I, and you're not alone. I mean, just as you were sharing that story, I mean, we can go back just in the U.S. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you certainly get the news. I mean, we had the Kavanaugh hearings last year, Supreme Court. You know, you thought that was over after uh, uh, the Clarence Thomas hearings. We talked about him, you know, earlier um, about that. Um, but I mean, but there's so many instances. Almost every day, there's an instance. Yeah. And and last yeah. year, I, Keith, I think it might have been. Was it the same week last year that we had we, we were talking about the Me Too movement on on one of the podcasts? I mean, it was right around now. It was really one of the, our earliest shows. It was, uh, yeah, it that we had that, really, and right. uh, you know, and not that not that a year is a makes a huge difference, but there are so many. Uh, you know, again, it's it's every single day there there seems to be another uh, incidents, another accusation, and then Rhonda. I mean, as you said, uh, I mean, certainly we we. You know, I don't think any of us are really prepared for that, uh, you know, to be able to do, you know, what needs to be done, because, you you know, you mentioned the feeling, the guilt, you know, maybe I did something wrong. What, what did I do um, to will, allow that to happen? And the times are very different. And now you, you tend to get away with it. Uh, but there is and I wish I had this from him yesterday. We mentioned I, I mentioned, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, uh, Pimentel, uh, Pimentel uh, that. The he gave he ha, he asked me asked me to review this ahead of time. I was one of two people that he said, "How do you think this is going to go over?" And he, he was he was supposed to send it to me, but he, he was flying out in the airport. So hopefully we'll get it, and he'll be on the show and can read it. But it talked about being politically correct, and he sort of trashes that politic being politically correct is important, but it's become a buzzword. It's become an excuse for that. It, it's become the defense of many people. Um, and rather than being human and being ethical and being moral and being polite and doing the right thing, um, it's become this, I, you know, people who, who say, why do we have to be politically correct? And then the other half, you know, parts, you know, it becomes, you know, it, that you have to dance around the issue and nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, so I, I wish I had that to share today because it was a powerful, powerful message. And I know he was going to read it to the audience. And my bet with him, I have a bet with him that people would literally applaud at the end of that. He was fearful that they that they would kind of, you know, sit back in their seats and and be offended by it. And I, I said my expectation is is they would have applauded. But Rhonda, I mean, so you're you're in a situation like that um, said it took you know a few decades to kind of come to terms for it. Uh, or for quite a while to come to terms for it. I don't know if it was decades. Um, what's, you know, what, I, I guess, what's your advice? I mean, you, you've learned lots of life lessons. Where do you go with that? I mean, what do you see happening? Is it improving? You know, what are the steps people should take if they're in situations? So we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, well, well, you can take a look at Gymnastics USA and look at all the, all that came down the pipeline there. Yeah, still um, coming down. <laughs> what? Right, right. Um, but just recently, um, the, the U.S. and Sport Canada have put a policy in place that a third party has to be around whenever there is a discussion or any activity relevant to that sporting organization to eliminate um, the scenario like, like I experienced. 
So when you say there's so a third party around, I mean, obviously there's going to be there's going to be engagements. Uh, there's going to be opportunities, you know, to be with a, uh, you know, male or a female counterpart, you know, somebody of the opposite sex. It doesn't even have to be the opposite sex anymore. Uh, or it's not oh. anymore, forever. But, you know, obviously, they're, you know, just just gender equality. Um, and so, you know, you're, I, I'm just not sure that's going to stop harassment. Um, but what can, you know, what do organizations need to do um, to address it? So there's two parts to it. There's always two parties. Organizations need to change. I don't care if they're sports or business, you know, for-profit or non-profit. They need to change. And then what can individuals do when that happens? And, and that's, a, that's well, a lot. So that's two questions. And yeah. uh, we're going to come up on a break here in just a few minutes, and then we'll come back and we'll finish whichever one you didn't finish. <laughs> okay. Well, well, the one thing is that we have to remember that it's, it's not a, a woman's problem. It's not a male problem. It's a societal problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really believe that there's a whole new gender education that has to occur. And it goes right down to it even involved in, uh, the understanding of women's professional sports. There's a whole education that our younger generation has to be um, taught and understood the value of it. Unfortunately, uh, our generation, we've, we've, everything's kind of imprinted in our mind, but hopefully if our grandchildren or our children come home from school and say, hey, I learned this, we learn from them. But it's, it's like the STEM program that's going into the schools. I really believe that we need to do a better job to get uh, rid of, and we're doing a really good job of getting rid of the, the bro mentality that used to exist in the old boys, like in the TV show, The Office. Um, example, um, I had a pro hockey player after, as we were walking to dinner one night, and I was with all these guys, and one of the pro NHL coaches got in front of me, and he mooned me. Now, what happened was the guys all laughed. Ha, ha, ha. That was funny. And, like, I was just sitting there thinking, you jerk, you know. Um, but I think today, if your grandchildren, let's say they're 16, 18 years old, were in that same environment, one of the, one of the other boys or men would say, is that really called for? Like, you know, did you really have to do that? So there is a, a little bit of maturity, maturity occurring but it's got to go right back into the school systems. Well, and, and beyond that, I think it's school and, and um, you know, again, it goes back to who's responsible for education. And I think a lot of parents have, have thrown it on, 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 on schools. Uh, and yet it still belongs in the, you know, believes in the community and the home as well. Rhonda, I, right. I, want to, I want to give you a quick heads up. When we come back from the break, the next 20 minutes of your life is going to go by in the blink of an eye because <laughs> this is so intense. And I, I have one question I'm going to have to ask. I'll figure out a way to fit it into the conversation. But your mission, your message is unbelievably uh, – uh, I guess my my impression and my takeaway so far is just how unfortunate it is that your message is so amazing and so necessary and so applicable to women your age, younger and older 
to the, this new reestablishment of the females in the workplace and sharing your stories and providing a, a course of direction for individuals, both male and female. I mean, I think it transcends so much more of the standard technology type conversations we have here. I think it's really, I mean, it's a sincere, uh, you know, this is what the future of work is going to be like. So get ready. We're coming back from the break soon. So you are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We've got Rhonda Taylor uh, as our guest today. We're talking about something we, we shouldn't have to talk about anymore, which is discrimination, um, uh, not only about women, but just in, as well, gender discrimination, all types of dis- discrimination, um, too many other super, super important things that we should all be taking advantage of. But uh, this is, uh, you know, can't believe that we're still talking about this 50, 60, 70 years later. Uh, but we will be back and we'll have an opportunity to ask Rhonda uh, quite a few more questions. Uh, we're going to take a short break. You'll hear from our sponsors, Zor.ai and Success Performance Solution. Stay right where we, you are. We will be right back in two minutes. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real yellow pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai. Hi everyone, this is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm, I'm your host, Ira Wolf. I'm with uh, Keith Compagda again, and our guest today is Rhonda Taylor. Um, and as you just heard, our sponsors are Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions. Um, Rhonda has a brand new book, her memoir. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about that uh, called Offside. You can get that on Amazon, and we'll be offering, we'll be having a contest. We'll send out the uh, information. We'll post it on the podcast. Uh, I had to win a couple of free copies of a book there. And Rhonda, I, we, we sort of glossed over this. So not only did you launch your book last week, but you started a new job, correct? Exactly, exactly. It's been, uh, if you saw my Facebook page, I said I feel like a super superhero. Um, yes, I started as director of partner success with uh, Field 50, which, um, as Keith knows, I could have not could have knocked on a lot of doors and probably really got entertained. 
But at this stage of my life, there was only one company I was interested in going to. Um, I thought a lot. I thought a lot of their management team, and I also know the technology that's state of the art. So uh, I I started October the first. Yeah, well, wow. I launched I mean, my book October fifth. <laughs> you, you talk about the shift hitting your plan, right? And <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and and hopefully all good things. So we wish you tremendous luck in the in the career as well as the book. But let's get back to. You know, not not well. It's also an important topic. Uh, we were talking about uh, women in the workplace, and um, you know, before and during the break of the show, we were talking about how sporting, how sports plays a role in shaping our lives and the lessons learned, uh, good and bad, from that. So again, I started out the show, you know, asking you. You made a transition from you know hockey to HR, uh, but. There's so many powerful lessons that you've learned and that you teach people uh, how sports can do that. So what are you know, what, what are some of what are some of the big lessons? And I also want to kind of throw in, um, you know, you, you mentioned that your uh, was it your niece helped you write the book? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I guess somewhere in, in lines here. How does that how do generations play into that? Do you see a shift? In generations, or is this just something inherent in in human beings that we're going to discriminate? So, but let's go back to the first. Uh, you know, what the role of uh, the lessons learned from hockey or any other sports that you see that can be uh, transferred and uh, you know critical skills that we need for the future. Well, and I, and I, although my specialty is is the women's hockey program, um, and and the timing is so perfect because we're talking about the evolution of the professional women's hockey league and um sponsors are saying oh you know are people going to support it are people going to be out here there is a a um dream gap tour going around i think it was in philadelphia it's in chicago it's toronto montreal and honest to goodness in toronto i think there was three or four games and they were jam packed standing room only, young girls in their hockey jerseys getting signatures of the pro hockey players. And you know what? There's no major sponsor behind these girls. These girls are probably making $3,000 annually. They're going, to, they're going to fast food restaurants or organizations that will allow them to have flexible hours so that they can train to be elite athletes. But so like no wonder our CEOs, most of the CEOs of today's world, the female CEOs, have come from a sporting background. And why? Sporting teaches you to take risks, calculated risks. And these women have all been super successful because they know how to play with a te- like, a, like a team member and they know how to be strategic. They know the importance of basic skills and to build on your, the basic skills. Sports is also, I'm just talking about another thing. Sports has also been um, a predictor in society. And that's why I'm really talking. Where did we see the, um, the, the start of the Blacks uh, playing major roles in society? It was in baseball with Jackie Robinson. You know, the, there was no total you know, integration at the time of Jackie Robinson, but sports went that walked the high wire and brought Jackie on board. 
And I love today, you take you can take a look at any sporting team, but unfortunately I have to refer to male sports because most of us just see male sports on TV. But whether it's the NBA or whether it's the um, uh, baseball, you, you see blacks, Latinos, white, um, you know, even um, in the NFL, there, there's the, the, the player with, with one hand um, playing. You know, everything is – sports is, allows for everybody to take a look at skill sets and forget about everything else. And I think that that's why we need to take a look at sports. If we can get sports on, on, on track in regards to equality – and equal pay, it's going to be a domino factor out into society. And it's a challenge. I mean, um, again, I, I, I'm not, I'm assuming this is similar in some areas in Canada, um, but a lot of the sports in, in public school, in the public school system are, are way underfunded. Um, a lot of the schools that, uh, you know, that are in areas of lower income, um, you know, especially urban schools, but they could be rural as well. But basically, lower income um, aren't don't have all the funding that they used to, so they cut back on the on the sporting events and other uh, on other activities too. Um, do you see um, you know Do you see movement changing? And and as you were talking about you know getting sponsors uh, for uh, or the lack of sponsors for for that the, you know some of the leagues that you were talking about and the and the tour, the women's tour. Um, you know, social media is changing everything. Um, basically, things go viral. The word gets out. Um, you don't need a, uh, a, you know, cable news to, to uh, you don't need to, uh, to, you know, to be on one of the major channels uh, anymore um, because some of the YouTube channels are, are surpassed that immensely. Uh, so, you know, are you seeing that, you know, the, the media is changing the way sports will be viewed? Um, you know, what, what are you using as far as uh, you know where kids are going to you know be able to play it or is it going to continue to become another you know something that the the rich have it and the poor don't a lot, a lot of questions there so <laughs> go where I you know, want with it. <laughs> I, know, I know um well one of the things um uh, we have to realize that women control women control about 80 percent of the consumer dollars being spent. Mm -hmm. I don't know what yeah, about you guys, you two guys, but your wives are, are, are digging in and saying, here's the here's the money to buy NFL tickets. Here's the money to go to the show. Um, we as women have to wake up and smell the coffee. We really control and have a lot of power. And we need to stop being so submissive and start standing up and saying, um, you know what? I, I'm not. I'm buying this product because it's supporting um, the Serena Serena Williams tennis program. Um, we, women need to start stepping up and realizing that their dollars um, it can have an impact on on future sponsors in women in sport. So, um, and we we're slowly slowly Keith and you you and I talked about it. We're we're slowly seeing the death of the stale pale old male. Um, but, but, um, that mentality hurts, hurt women in sports and hurt women in the boardrooms uh, uh, around the world. 
Um, and it, the only way to get around that is 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 through education. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see a shift? Uh, I, I mentioned this earlier, but do you see a shift coming between the generations? Do you you think as as the millennials and Gen Z age that that will naturally resolve some of this or um, or, or not? I guess you know. Oh, I mean, oh for sure. The Gen okay, Zs so are going to—they're going to change the world. The Gen Zs are. are um, look at all the little YouTubers that are are being so successful, and all of a sudden they have sponsors because the Gen Zs have taken them to that level, and the Gen Zs are very open-minded and they're very um, aggressive in in supporting it, their beliefs, um, and I I just think that the the future is definitely there, but it's. Uh, the the sad part, it's just not moving fast enough. And mm-hmm. in my book, um, in my book, I go back to the book and I, and I say, you know, to you, you know, to you, the younger generation, I pass the torch. You know, years ago, 30 years ago, we were not even welcomed into the boardroom. We were locked out. Now we're in the boardroom and we have a seat at the chair. Now we just have to have our voice heard. Well, so I say we, it all—I say it all the time from HR. I said HR has been fighting to get a seat at the table, and they have it, but now they need to get a voice at the table. So, and and my question to you, Rhonda, is—and we're coming up almost at the end of this podcast here—but my question to you is: the women that are now rising up as leaders inside of organizations, what are they doing that is? You know, there's the theory, there's us on a podcast talking about it, but what are the women doing that are now, you know, from your experience, from your perspective, what can women that are maybe not in executive positions learn from those that are? What are you seeing? Um, I guess, and that's part of the reason why I made my career choice, um, I have learned that the women who are getting up to the board level, just some of them are very brilliant. But, but others of them are just like the girl next door who's been strategic, who has set a goal on, on where they want to be, and they have um, put a GPS into their life, and, and, and they've made, they've made the, the, the role that they're in today. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, an op- it's an open door. It's not necessarily um, the brightest. It's, it's the ones who want to be there that are there. So, so I, I, I we're, again, we're coming up pretty close, but I do have one, one important question. I think we left it hanging there. And, and because uh, unfortunately, I, I assume some situations like you had, um, you know, many years ago uh, in, in that room uh, are still going to happen again. Um, if there, if there's a younger, well, any, any age, if there's a woman or a man, um, that is, you know, propositioned or made uncomfortable or discriminated against or harassed. What's, you know, what's your advice? What, what, any, any tips or anything that you would tell them to do? I, you know what, don't, don't, don't do the, the guilt, the self-blame. Immediately go to um, HR. Um, heaven forbid, some of the people who are propositioned are, are are, you know, end up being, you know, having mental health issues 
because it just came at the mm-hmm. wrong time in their life. So go to HR, get help done. HR, HR wears many hats these days, but don't let it, don't let it happen. And if it's in society, go to your local authorities. The police are, are saying now when it happens, you should be telling them, don't wait until it escalates to the point where there's violence. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, when when things cross the line, for that. Hey, hey Rhonda, So there's, you know, we're we're up uh, almost at the end here. Um, how can uh, people get a hold of you? What's kind of a next step? Uh, how do they learn about you? How do they reach you? What what are, what are the couple well, ways? Share them all. <laughs> um, we, I have a website. It's called www.rondaleman. My maiden name, Taylor. Um, dot com. And uh, feel free to reach out to me through the website um, or also through my personal email, Rhonda.Taylor at Fuel50.com. Sure. And Fuel50 is a new company you're working with. Um, and Keith knows exactly. a little bit about that. So exactly. that's, that's excellent. I know you're on LinkedIn because we connected there, too. Uh, and uh, and you know just just do a search. Uh, go up to the website. Kind of fascinating story. Lots of pictures of um, you know through hockey, um, but a lot of the lessons that you learned. So closing remarks, Rhonda. What what do you what what's kind of the memorable things that you want people to walk away with? Well, i i want I want to walk away saying that it's a society thing. Um, for uh, whether it's a diversity or inclusion problems, it's not, you know, it's not a male problem. It's not a female problem. It's a societal problem. And we need the, the, the males and we need the females on board to, to make it right. Um, uh, we, in the past, it's always been uh, we, a patriarchal society um, where dad was always right and we learned to respect the male opinion. Um, ladies, we too now have a respected opinion. And from me, I pass the torch to you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. W- w- wonderful message. Um, uh, you know, uncomfortable messages to talk about for sure. Uh, disheartening that we're still talking about that there's a need to do this. Hopefully, it'll, hopefully through your efforts, we'll come to a, a point in time where that's not necessary. Um, but I do uh, congratulate you on getting the book out. Um, and offside, offside is the title, correct? I think I exactly. pulled that down. Yeah, it's on. I know it's on Amazon, but yeah. And yeah. I posted it on my I posted it on my LinkedIn profile, so you yeah. could just one click to Amazon. And, and, uh, and we'll set and, up a contest for, for people to, to try to order one free. But don't wait. Go up and get it. Um, it's uh, very affordable, uh, you know, on that. Sorry, Keith, you were, you were saying something. No, no, just Rhonda. Always uh, fantastic to have you on the show. Finally, uh, I'm thrilled about the timing that, that you've got right now. You've integrated your life. You've integrated your work. You're kicking butt. You're taking names. And it sounds like you're having a phenomenal time. So, you know, congratulations to you. And uh, and absolutely look forward to running into you again soon. Thanks, Keith. And you always have to remember that work is life and life is work and it's all play. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I've got that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and good luck at Fuel 50. So, listen. yeah. OK, thanks, guys. Very good. All hey, right. thanks very much. So, Keith, we've got another show under our belt. Um, again, not the most comfortable thing to be talking about, but a powerful, great story. 
Great story from Bronte. And, yeah. And you, and you know what, bud? I want to challenge you on that. I think it's one of those things that needs to become comfortable. And because, oh, when, okay. you know, when you think about the way people engage in conversation, when it's uncomfortable, they tend to shy away. So mm-hmm. I love leaning into these topics. I, I, I mean, there's, there's no truer value than collaboration. And collaboration comes from every direction, no matter the age, the race. You know, we've got a Vinay... Um, I can't think of his last name. My buddy Vinay, he released a book on ageism. And uh, if you check my LinkedIn profile, you can find him, Vinay Singh. Um, But Ira, it's just one of those things where the more awareness that we provide, the more comfortable it becomes. And then what we're doing is everybody's enjoying themselves and they're productive. And like Rhonda said, it all becomes play. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, part of that message is, is that you're right. I mean, I, I think that was an important, you know, how you framed it is that uh, we uncomfortable thing, things that are uncomfortable for us to talk about. We need to make them comfortable, which falls exactly in line with Rich uh, Pimentel's uh, uh, yesterday that his message about the politically correct. And I can't wait to get a hold of that uh, and have him share it, uh, you know, whether even if we, I get him to read it. Uh, it, it was very, very strong uh, that people have a backlash to that we're just being overly sensitive. And for these issues where it's not just being overly insensitive, they're just wrong and uh, they need to stop. Yep. So we're at the end of another Geek Skeezers and Googleization, everyone. Um, Googleization Nation. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're always interested in what's on your mind. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of great topics for the rest of the year. Uh, we're all lined up talking everything from uh, recruitment to learning to education to um, just drawing a blank on what everybody else is out there. Uh, but if you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor for the show, just let us know. Uh, you go up to the website, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. All the information's up there. Don't forget to join Googleization Nation. And that's very simple join.googleizationnation.com. You can connect with Keith or me on LinkedIn. Watch our Twitter feeds and LinkedIn feeds for a lot of news. Thanks to Zor.ai for being our sponsor, as well as Success Performance Solutions. Join us next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m., w4cy.com. You can catch us on any of the podcasts out there, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, SoundCloud. You name it, we're there. So until next week, This is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans.